and welcome to Divorce Diary Show podcast, where you get to follow my journey as a single mom teaching kids with special needs and dating men with special needs. Hi, everyone. Michelle Trana here, the creator of Divorce Diary Show. On today's episode, I have a fabulous comic here. He was the host of the first comedy show I ever did at Caroline's when I took a class with Linda Smith. He's a sweetheart. He uh, has been on Kevin Hart's Comedians of Color. He's a regular on MSG's People Talking Sports. And he has an awesome podcast out called The Commissioner of Comedy. It has great topics on it that I like 1,010% agree with. Please welcome James Matter and everybody. Yeah. Yeah, makes I'll make sounds for myself as well. It's, <laughs> it's just a natural habit. And as I started doing it, I'm like, oh my God, I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, how are you, James? I'm okay. I mean, I'll be honest. I'm on very little sleep. So this could, uh, this could be Meltdown City. Let's go. So I, my daughter's already had a meltdown. I've sobbed for three hours and I'm eating an orange. Let's so, go. Well, my, when you eat oranges, there's no meltdowns. Everyone knows that. If it was a tangerine, you'd be in trouble, yo. It's a halo. You know those little halos that they, I just, I was on, uh, I was watching Good Morning America because I'm a big uh, Gary Vaynerchuk fan and he was on it this morning and I couldn't get the live stream and I was watching the fucking ABC live news and they have these things now from Cinnabon called like biscuits that you can put chicken on. Yeah. I was like, are you going to make us more, like this is what Cinnabon's producing during the quarantine. (laughs) Everyone's got to be creative. Yeah. So what have you been doing during the quarantine as a comic? How has it affected your comedy career, positive, negative, or nothing? What do you, how have you been shifting in this paradigm? Okay, so when it hit, I was going to stay in New York, and then my apartment started breaking down. And I said, fuck this. And I got in a plane like an hour later and went home to Nevada. And so I was there and bored. And I got gout for some reason. I haven't had it since I've gotten back. So it was kind of a blessing. It's like, hey, just don't do nothing. And just watch Lost for the first time 12 years late. And I did that. I started this podcast because why wouldn't you start a comedy etiquette, comedy lifestyle podcast when no one can do goddamn comedy? Timing's everything. And then I got back and I've been working, man. I've been doing it. I'm in like the suburbs of Philly right now, hosting some outdoor shows. See that on Instagram. You're killing it in paradise. I'm doing what I can. It's a post-apocalyptic comedy. So I'm still grinding it out, man. So that's why I I also wanted to have you on because you're grinding and you're sharing your story. And I love that. And you're inspiring me when, when, you know, there's so much negativity out there to see that, that people are still pursuing their goals and what makes them feel good and helping others. Because I think what you're sharing on the commissioner of comedy is actually helpful and making me feel like, Oh dude, I'm not the only one that feels that way. Um, so I want to talk about the commissioner of comedy first, and then I'm going to ask you about how you got onto Kevin Hart's show and all, all, all your kind of your come up as a comedian and right. advice you would give me. Uh, so the episode that I really liked was when you talked about trading spots. Yeah. And, and the reason why I'm going to say something, and then I want you to talk a little bit about that. Uh, and then you guys should definitely subscribe to the commissioner of comedy. Um, I did. Uh, I, so when I first started Divorce Diary show, it was a, a theater piece because I, I wrote one woman shows before as a, as a performer on stage as an actor, not as so much as a comic, but I have an improv background before I started doing stand-up. So I used to do that years ago. And then I was like, maybe I should try stand-up. I went in to take a class with Linda. I started developing Divorce Diary show as a theater piece. And then it turned into the stand where it was me doing stand-up. 
but I had people feature for me. Mm. So I could get more people at the show. And then I figured I could get spots on their show. I ended up hating that because I felt like I wasn't in the driver's seat. And then I ended up having like a couple of men that would partner with me to do the improv part of the show. I had an improv partner in LA that was my best friend that, that still is the only person now that works with me on Divorce Diary Show because it got a little hairy uh, for me. I don't know about the other side. Like, I just don't have anyone on the show now. It's just a one-woman comedy show because I felt like people got to come to my show because they think I'm fucking funny, not because so-and-so is here. And no disrespect to that comic because I want to go see them too, but but my vision was different and I didn't want it to be about trading spots. I noticed I got less spots though because of that. But at the end of the day, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. If they want me on the show, it's not to trade a spot. Yeah. Ultimately you want to stand on your own two feet, right? So one of the problems is I've seen a lot of people who've been doing standup for, uh, I've been in New York since 06. I've seen people have been doing standup since 06 and um, their talent level and all due respect is not much different than what it was in 06. And one of the reasons is because there's no stakes when they, if you bomb, you can just, someone's gonna put you up on their show because they wanna work your goddamn show. So what's, there is no um, risk reward to it. It's just reward. Go out there and just piss on your own foot because you're gonna do her show next week. So why care? So that's what the problem is. You're trying to actually get good and be good and do that. And so hopefully you uh, people will be like, oh man, she's undeniable. I want her on my show with no questions asked. So that's what it's about. I think that was, a, yeah. And I felt that way. And for me, I was just like, you got to fucking write more. You got to, and for the way I, for me, the way I do my comedy and it helps is I write and I rehearse it out loud. I talk out loud. I stand in my living room and I do a set, which can be tricky because of my daughter. And it's like, oh, I got to, you know, I got to pick the times that I do it in. But the writing component, without a doubt, for me, is part of that process. So that's why I was like, well, just get better. Otherwise, you're not going to get people at your show. What do you say about, like, I had a, my friend who, who does t travel with me, and he's in L.A. He, we got in a fight once because in Vegas, uh, I was doing the show at the space, and my tickets weren't, were low. And I'm, I, look, I am the squeaky wheel. I, I, I'm not, I'm not, no one, not everybody knows me yet, but I'm doing everything I can to get my, my content out there. And so when you go to these cities and you got to plug your show and your tickets aren't like a hundred, I don't care. I'm like, I got 30 there. People, 30 people are there for me, you know? Yeah. And the, the bookers don't see it like that. And I get that, but I still get in their face about, Hey, you, you see me getting all my press on my own. You see me doing this. He said to me, my friend goes, you better start having people on your show. That's what you're going to have to do. And I got in such a fight with him about it. Cause I was like, have you not been listening to me? Um, what do you say about with, with comics who have like my vision of like my show and getting your tickets up? What is your best piece of advice? Well, um, I mean, it's the same thing everyone has with like their podcast and that it's just time and you keep uh, just focus on the content. You can get caught up in numbers, but the numbers don't matter, right? Because ultimately you just want to do good work and make the people who are coming to see you count more. It's that's all it is. So if you're I love that. The that people who are coming 30, to see you count more. I love that. Yeah, sure. you only got 30. Well, yeah, if they're 30 good, if they're ride or die, that's all you need, man. It's just like, what do you want? Like a thousand friends or do you want like three good friends? So of course you want to get paid and all that, but it will come, man. It, you, you just have to do uh, work first and the love of the game first and, and make a commitment to yourself and just ask yourself, like, what if no one else comes on this journey? Are you okay with that? Do you still want to go on the goddamn journey? And if the answer is yes, then there's a chance that you can grow it. And if not, well, who cares? You already said it's fine.
I love that because I'm juicing in the juice of my orange and James Matter and having the best fucking, like I have the same exact feeling about that. My, when I was in Birmingham, I had three tickets sold prior and, and the guy's like, dude, how many, and, and Jay Morris was to be at the bigger room at the Stardome. Wow. And I was freaking out. I was like, dude, what the fuck? It's two days away. And, 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 and I called law firms and that's part of my marketing strategy. But like my, like, I'll be honest with you in this past February, when I was usually marketing, I had lost my dad in December. So wow. I had less of that, like, and, and I was finishing, I left my school district. So I'm not a full-time teacher anymore. I just perform and I run my company. So I had more time now to promote shit and do the content. But at the time I was so like, oh my God, waited with a lot. And the, 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 that third show had taken a slack back. Like it wasn't it selling as much. So I was so freaked out. I got on the phone and I called and I called and I got people there and a law yeah. firm bought a bunch of tickets and the group that came that night got, it got real, like, 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 uh, niche. And we got like, I stayed in touch with some of those people still. Like yeah. I had, a, and it was, it was like that feeling of like, oh, I'm creating. And then during the, the pandemic, I created this virtual edition of Divorce Diaries where I know everyone hates the Zoom shows, but I started to create this little crowd, even five, six people that come in. Like I have a dude that follows me from the Netherlands and pops in, like he bought a ticket from Flappers to come to the show and he lives in the Netherlands. Okay. I was like, as long as you're not asking me to send you nudes, let's do this. <laughs> well, please make that your memoir title. As long as they don't want nudes, come on in. Let's just, that is... That's how you come up with a title yeah. to a book. How did you get on? Talk about your Kevin Hart comedians of color. Can you talk about how you got on that? Sure, accident. Just absolute accident. Just swear to God. I um, had hosted um, auditions for Just for Laughs for the Montreal Festival. And finally, because I don't like to bother anyone, people told me you've got to be a little aggressive with stuff. I finally just went on. One of the producers was like, great job. We'll figure out something for you one day. I've got... I just like, yo, you know, I do warm up for TV too. Cause I knew that guy did TV production as well. And then um, I had basically <laughs> weeks later given up. And I even told a couple of close friends, I'm like, man, they're never going to book me there. It's okay. And then like the next day I woke up hungover after telling one of my good friends um, that uh, I felt like Eminem in eight mile. I was like, something's yeah. got to happen. And I get a call and I was, then I had to go like, it was like eight days away. I mean, it was so close. And then I was just doing warm up. And then after my first night, um, it went all right, I thought. And I met Kevin, and he gave me a nice compliment. as like a host warm-up, and I hit him in the chest, which was like, yeah, thanks, man. And he was like all brick, and I fell like off a stair off it. <laughs> a crazy look, him and his handlers. And I like, yeah. And then I woke up hungover, and the producers asked me to do a spot on a show I was warming up. So that's just how it happened. It was pure accidental. It's just all happy accidents. But so you got up to that point, like, I, I – I would love to do a segment on late night that's like yeah. a goal i'm working towards or in, in crowd warm-up stuff like that but like because of my the show i'm like i'm more of that feeling of doing a piece of my show for national divorce month on late night or, or wendy williams like I, i'm dying to get on wendy williams because she's kind of like my uh like parallel when it comes to what i kind of do with the hot topics and divorce and dating how, how did you start? Was it just over time you kept doing spots and you kept auditioning? Did you send packets to, to do certain things? None of that. I, uh, <laughs> dude, I've sent like two, two things that I don't even know I've ever got looked at. It was just pure accidental. I've just, uh, maybe detrimentally, I've just been on my own path. 
I used to barely do any jokes. I used to just riff, like I, yeah. like I was trying to be a modern day Don Rickles. And then I decided to start doing jokes and whatever. Um, everything I've gotten basically is happy accidents and through like, usually like comedians hook each other up. Uh, yeah. You'll notice that the comics will look after each other quite a bit. You'll get work that way. Yeah. Um, so people work on sets all the time. I mean, if you want late night, that's the way to do it. Packets, yeah. I'm not really a writer. I did one packet. I didn't get hired, but I became a regular on the thing. It's just what it but is. That's, but that's good because you got, and how do you, like, I was like, I don't know what template to use. I have a friend who showed me his SNL packet. I have just written in my own way. Like I have it written in as a script, but like from a theater background, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So like, I don't, what's the right template do you, are you supposed to use? Or does it not matter? That I do not know, my love, because I am, uh, I am not the writer. I mean, anytime <laughs> I ask anyone, like I have ideas for treatments and people are like, Oh man, that's complicated. And then it's always like, yo, I gotta go. Uh, my wife is uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I thought she was in like Jersey, whatever. So it's a secret to us both. We're both gonna live a mystery of this template. But you, but you, you got in there. It, I, I know what you're saying with happy accent. It sounds like that you get in there and you, and you show that you're available and you're, you're good. You're, you obviously are very easy to work with, like in a good way. Like I, when I met you, I was like, oh, this seems really chill and he's positive and he's not cold, uh, which I thought is definitely a reason why people do also, and you're funny, but like you're not a cold person. Whereas in the entertainment field, sometimes feel, people always constantly feel like you're being competitive with each other, right? Yeah. Whereas like you could tell right away, I was like, oh, he's, I've like, you have good vibes, radiating good vibes. Which is awesome. And then MS, as MSG's People Talking Sports. How did you, now, how did you, you're, you're still regular on this? Well, um, no, it, it's, I mean, they have a different version of the show. I think they still show old, MSG loves just showing old episodes of stuff. Um, I was on like another show on there that uh, I filmed all in like one day. And then like three years later, they're still showing it. And people are like, yo, man, how them royalty checks? I'm like, I don't even know if I got paid the first time. And that was years <laughs> ago. So what up, dog? It's just what it is. I was going to ask if you don't get no room. <laughs> yeah, yo, so it's just, yeah. Uh, Sam Morell's my buddy, man. He was the host of the show. Anthony DeVito's the head writer. My roommate, good friend. And they're like, we're going to bring you in as a panelist. And so I would just, sometimes they call me the day of. And I just show up with like a denim jacket I found on my, my ground that wasn't even mine. And just like, what up, man? And then you meet all these crazy like professional athletes and professional sports writers. And they That's came awesome. in thinking that it was just going to be like traditional. And yeah. we have like jokes written. They'll send you like the topics. And it's like, we're sports fans. It's also like, yo, man, Joel Embiid wants to like drink bathwater of uh, Scarlett Johansson. And we'd have like jokes. And this writer's like, well, it's the off season. He should be preparing. And we're like, yo, man, just have some fun, dog. It was just crazy to <laughs> see that. who played with us and who didn't. I love that. Well, yeah. um, I have a story about Anthony DeVito. He doesn't know me, but I know a mutual friend. Because he grew up in Jersey. He's a Jersey uh, dude. Okay, so one of my exes knows him well. Although I'd like to know, you know, I'm gonna try to find to get him on it because one of my exes post-divorce was this Lebanese cop and we'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's my boy Anthony. I see him at Caroline's. But I was like, motherfucker, why don't you ever come see me at Caroline's? And then so he, his claim he knows Anthony really well. And the, uh, uh, who is the one that was with Anthony? Um, uh, Brick Stone? Yeah. We all live together. Okay, so... So I'm sure my ex will say he knows you then too. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing I want. So I have a question going to now the divorce and diaries of my life. Please. I am a single mom. I date. 
I have uh, various, you know, I do my exes on the show. Not, I don't have sex with them. I pretend to be them, but I, right. I would still like to do, but you know, then I get attached. So do you now, how, do you have any relationship with divorce? Do your parents are divorced? You've been divorced. You have friends that are divorced. What do you think of immediately when you think of divorce? Um, I had a dear friend go through a very bad divorce years ago and I talked to him quite a bit and, um, he was living in California, like LA and would drive me to Vegas when I flew out um, to like a couple times he was coming back to Vegas and I was uh, like doing shows from like Long Beach and then Vegas and he's like, you gotta ride with me. And I had to tell the tour I was on, I'm like, yo man, I gotta help my boy. It's also okay because there were some people real annoying on that tour at some time. <laughs> uh, just me and my boy and it's just like, like 10 minutes of like old school like sports and music and everything else was just dealing with his divorce and helping him out, man. Now did he want the divorce or did, did it just, I do not think that he, uh, I don't think the coin went the way he wanted. No, miss. Yeah. But it's yeah. okay. It's better now. Everything's it's better great. now. I mean, I, I feel like I had a lot of pain after my divorce with the men that I dated because they were just like so destructive. Yeah. I, I do the, you know, you've heard some of this, like I like these big, thick Hispanic men who like are like from the street and they can tackle me. <laughs> and they tackle you. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, no. Not at, like they can tackle me in the bedroom. Like I, you know, I say, I say choke me in bed while we serenade me in Spanish. Um, don't worry, my daughter's room is closed. Um, but one of my most recent exes was like, he lied about, so he lied about his ex. Well, now it's his wife, really. It's not even his ex. He lied about, so he said they were separated. Like, but they, like in his mind, she, separated was she sleeps on that side of the bed and he sleeps on this side of the bed. That was in his brain. And I was like, oh my God. And for a year and a half, like I was devastated. He came to one of the shows too. Like he was actively in my life. And when it all happened, his wife called me and she's what, I was like, what the fuck? And this is, I'm, I'm, I'm asking you what you think about the situation. And then this bit, if it's like too far, I mean, maybe it's not too far, but I think it's funny. And so like, I want to do it, but I don't want to push the button of like, I'm a, I'm this white girl pretending to be the Puerto Rican wife, but this is what happened, right? Like she, she comes on the phone she goes, what kind of relationship do you have with my husband? And I was like, that a good one. And cause I didn't know what to say. And then she keeps going, well, he is a compulsive liar. And he, you know, he loves me. I was like, lady, what is that? Your marriage vows? So like, yeah. then, so like the, I, but the thing is with, so with the joke is that she has this thick accent, right? And I think it's funny yeah. because it's like, oh, he's also fun, but he loves me. And I'm like, bitch, why? Okay. And so then she kept saying to me how she knew. I was like, well, why wouldn't you say something? She goes, because I was collecting evidence. I was like, well, what evidence? Were you swabbing his foreskin and smell? I mean, there's a lot going on here. Let's just be real honest here. There's a lot going on, and I don't think I'm the person to advise you on this. I'm just being real, 100%, my love. So wait, so then she goes, and then she says uh, to me, um, I, I was freaking out because I was like, well, have you guys been sleeping together? Because in my naive brain, I thought, no, of course not. But of course he is. And she goes, yes, of course, you know, uh, two times a week. And I was like, what? And, and, and then I was freaking out. I was like, how many other women are there? We weren't using a condom and like bad stuff. And so she was calming me down at this point in the conversation. Like I was hyperventilating on the phone 
panicking because I just went to my gyno to get like, I was just doing my regular checkup and I had her run the test because we had ended it for like the seventh time. And she goes, no, no, it's not, I'm doing the wrong accent. But she, <laughs> she I think like, you should do the wrong accent. With should, the right? I think that's yeah. how you, if you're going to get away with this. Okay, with yeah, yeah. Hair, I think you should probably make her French or Italian. Make her French I would or just, Italian. I would, and, but still say she's Puerto Rican, but do the, or a Russian accent. I say just <laughs> mix so match I, that shit up. Mix match. Okay. Because I, when I do it, when I have done it, I say, I don't know. I'm trying to do a Puerto Rican accent, but it sounds Indian. Sorry guys. Like I'm trying to, I, I say something about that, but. Make her Southern, whatever. Make her, make her Southern. Yeah, My husband great. is a good man. Great. Outstanding. <laughs> See, it all works out. We just got um, a workshop in real time. Uh, so basically he, uh, long story short, it was a crazy situation. And she said to me, no, no, you're the only one. I, I, I was like, what? You believe this? And I, I had to, whatever, let, let it be. My father passed and he did not acknowledge it. Now, question from a man's perspective. Uh, so he, we had this relationship, right? Like we, he, I, 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 I don't know, he's a sociopath, whatever. We had a relationship, whether he let, whether it was crazy or not. My father passed. Do you think the man should have said something to me? The guy who was having an affair with you. Um, no. You guys are done? You guys are done? Yeah, but we worked Yeah, it's got to go. I mean, but we worked it's got to go. It's, it's a, yeah. But if, so my, again, if you bump into each other at a coffee shop, maybe a condolences, yeah. But yeah, but we work together. Boy, this gets stickier by the second, huh? <laughs> this gets stickier by the <laughs> second. And I don't know what the fuck I just signed up for. Uh, I'm not advising you. What is this? What are we doing? I'm here to give you life advice. What are we no, doing? I, I, so I do this part of the show to ask about like the dating part and like your thoughts. And it can be funny. It can be crazy. I am a lifelong single person. I have failed the three or four times I have tried and I've failed uh, valiantly. And I... So I'm allergic to relationships. It's insane. Like, like when if a girl tells me she likes me, I take a Benadryl because that's how really? like allergic I am. Yes. Um. So do you just so you never want to be in a relationship? Maybe. Um. I got asked this when I was quarantining, and I'd hang out with my buddy and his wife in the backyard, and the kids are running around, and we're drinking whiskey and listening to uh, old hillbilly music, and it was great. And uh, his wife was like, "You ever think of settling down?" And it's just like, yeah. And then it's like, no, but I want to watch what I want and want to watch when I go home. And uh, yeah, I kind of like being alone. I, I absolutely enjoy it. It's, it's, uh, I'm probably going to die miserable, but it's okay. Oh, no, don't right say now, that. Right now, it's a fucking blast. It's That's exactly great. it. You have to what enjoy the moment. I mean, I, I feel like I consciously do this with the unavailable men to like not be in a relationship, even though I want one. Yeah. Speaking of the unavailable men that I dated, so this is the part where you get to ask me three questions and then ask one of my exes three questions and you get to choose the ex. So first you have three questions that James is going to ask me. And then after the three questions, you get to choose which ex you want to come on to. Uh, you get to interview him for three questions. Great. Um, what is the silver lining of, of divorce? Uh, you are on your new path to happiness. Okay, wow. What a great answer there. It's wonderful. <laughs> you don't have to sleep with your husband no more? There you go. See, we're all looking for that out. Please. Um, <laughs> Um, if someone was going through a divorce and they asked you, 
for advice. What is the best piece you would give? I feel like the most generic TV no, doctor ever. Like someone gets brought <clears throat> in for 10 minutes on Dr. Phil. No, I like this question because I don't actually get that one a lot for some reason. And I do a lot of law firm guest speaking on like, yeah. I was a guest speaker on a law firm, uh, a, a, a college course for lawyers. Anyway, uh, what's the best piece of advice if you're going through divorce? I'd say start a business, monetize off of the void that's about to be filled with something that you really want to do. Like put your sorrow into something that's fulfilling. It's wonderful. Look at you just with these nuggets of knowledge. After asking me about an affair <laughs> that I didn't have any idea about, and now all of a sudden you're Tolstoy. It's absolutely- <laughs> I mean, I'm not- <laughs> There is just an ebb and flow to this all. Okay, you got one more. One more question. If, <laughs> let's just get ridiculous. If you could be divorced to anyone in the history of the world, oh. dead or alive, past or present, who would it be? Oh, that's awesome. Fuck. I'm, I have a journalism degree. I don't know if you, if, if that's <laughs> in your little notes there, but I have a degree in journalism. Dude, this is an awesome question. Give me a second. Um, who would I be divorced? To yeah, get married. Dead, dead what would be alive? the best one to brag about that you were divorced to? Uh, oh, God, is Mussolini? No, I'm joking. <laughs> be a good that would be, here's the beauty of that. Right, he's Italian. I would I hope that you realized, yo, he was such, Benito, the Benito I know was such a sweet dude. And then that fascism shit, and I was like, I'm out. I'm like, here's your ultimatum. You, it's either fascism or me and the kids. Yeah, like, but see, like, that's where I feel like would be the humorous part when I would pick Mussolini, because yeah. it's like, well, fuck that. But I want to think on that too more. But we say Mussolini for this episode. I love that. Oh, that's going in some kind of real or TikTok, even though TikTok's getting banned. And um, then you'd be like, oh, and, and see, how lucky am I? Look what happened to his next wife. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. All right, so now you get to choose uh, the ex that you want to ask questions to, um, and I'll, I'll bring him on for a second, and I'll, I'll, I'll pause our recording while I go get him. Okay, wonderful. All right, Met so who do you want to choose? The Greek, the cop, or the Let's coach? go with the Greek. The Greek, okay. The Greek. All right, guys, we'll be right back after this. I am Greek. I am here. Thank you for having me, James. What a treat. Um, why didn't you and Michelle work out? Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I was paying attention to Adonis. Oh. Michelle and I... Didn't work out because, well, I work, you know, and I am Greek, okay? I do business. I don't own diner. I own bagel shop. Ah, it's mixing up a little. Yeah. Very progressive. Very progressive. She don't want to play, and I want to play, not stay. It's Greek. There it is. There it is. Well, um, I only had one question, Greek person, and I'm friends with uh, Giannis, so I don't think I can continue. So, uh... All right. Tell Michelle I like her ass. Uh, mommy, don't touch the ouzo. My mommy's waiting for me. Mommy. Terrific. All right. Give it up for the Greek. All right. So he's gone. Hold on. I'm going to... To show him out for a second. All right. So, would, yeah, the Greek is um, the Ruth's recent ex. Oh, my goodness. The wound is still there. 
He was, I guess, one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites to play. And since the quarantine, he's been a favorite of the, you know, the fan, you know, my followers, which I, I love connecting with him on it. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of more to him at some point. I'll show you some of the sketches I create. But he just constantly would say he's Greek. Like, I went on a date with him. That's during all the he said. Well, he just brings it up constantly. And, like, he's not actually from Greece, but, like, he brings it up. Yeah, like, people do that, yeah. He, and, and that's okay. But, like, he acts like he's the expert. And like he even said at one point, like, uh, like we, th there's the other issue was that he, I don't know, there was no bulge. Oh, man, that can get in the way, huh? Or not get in the way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I finally was like, I don't know what I'm doing here when there's no physical attraction. So it is what it is. Uh, but <laughs> James, you have been awesome to have on the show. Before we head out, I want to ask one more question for you. What piece of advice would you give somebody like me? uh to as as to i want to get on late night i want to do more spot like as much as i can with divorce diary show what it like one thing that could stick out in your mind uh that you would suggest to me and to other comics similar situation just keep grinding be self-aware be in the moment be uh truthful assess yourself as uh correctly as you can take um constructive criticism correctly don't take everything everyone says too hard sometimes it's bullshit it's hard to figure out what is what um listen to your closest friends they sometimes have um the real truth that you can't see just like you can give dating advice to everyone else but uh you you fuck up your own like everyone else does so yes. aware on that and then just you know just work hard it's just that and you know take the notes that you get some of them will be great and some won't be and even when you're trying for late night and sometimes you can't take it personal. Sometimes they, sometimes gatekeepers are uh, shitty at keeping the gate. And then you just move on to the next and you move that. on to the next and you pick yourself up. That's it. I love that. James, that's awesome advice. I'm going to listen to that as I fall asleep at night and, and, and do affirmations with it. Seriously. What? See, this is all I needed on such that, a wild Friday afternoon. It is, it, I'm serious. Like, you're giving really awesome. Like, I, that is an awesome positive. It's, affirma it's affirmation. It's keeping in the grind. Um, and I think that I try to surround myself with people and just things that do that because you need it. This, and this year has been nuts. Um, but there's also been a lot of silver linings to the year, too. So with that said, can you just let everybody know where to follow you um, again before we close out? Yeah. Uh, the James Madden, Instagrams, Twitter youtubes and then uh the commissioner of comedy podcast drops every monday 4 p.m new episodes there's all kinds of old ones um listen to them man it's fun it's just like uh, seriously there's episodes about quitting whether you should or not you're going to be told that a lot working dirty heckling i got one about like the modern state of it where people are coming out to see you because they've had such a shitty year and you mean a lot to them and they mean a lot to us because if they weren't coming out to these outdoor shows we'd be talking to fucking walls more than right. we already are. So that's real important. And so it's, a, it's, man, I'm a lifer. So I'm just talking about what I, I love and what I do, man. So that's what it's about. Well, you made my day today and I hope to have you on again and chat with you and see you again in person. Um, and thank you guys. Tune in to Divorce Diary Show next time. Thanks so much. Thanks to my guest, James Mattern, for coming on Divorce Diary Show podcast. Please keep listening and keep living your happily divorced after. I'm Shell Trainer. Till next time. <laughs>